Hey, what's up, guys? This is the Blue Collar Philosophers Podcast. This is Kickstand. That's Biker Mike. What's and up? we have in the house uh, Vanilla Will, Will Smith. Vanilla God Will. God damn it, I hate that name so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to be here, but <laughs> that name sucks. Every time. Every time. Uh, every, yeah, but every, everyone loves everyone loves it. That's the thing. It's I've, I've met a few people. They're like, I really like your episode with Will. And I'm like, which one? He's like, Vanilla Will. I'm like, oh, that uh. one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? The whiskey makes it better, though. Mm-hmm. That oh wow, that is good. Oh, it's so good, right? That's really good. Oh, yeah, we first taste. It's that first one after a while. <laughs> yeah, we're here with a bottle of Lafroig quarter cask, and uh, never yeah. disappoints. The difference between that and the ten year is it's market. stark. Like that mm-hmm. is substantial. Yeah. Oh, that's good. It's really good. Okay, I'm a less angry now. <laughs> <laughs> Whiskey does like I can, I can give people scotch. bad nicknames, but I also make up for it with scotch. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. yeah. That's why when I went to on the um, Sean Newman podcast, I brought a bottle just for him because. But I didn't want to like show up and be like, "Oh, here's a whiskey." Yeah, you better open it. <laughs> so I showed up with two one one to give to him and one to take with me when I'm mm. done because uh, it's expensive. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it's a great thing. It's a, it's a money pit, but I love it. Yeah, I realized that when it came to Christmas this year. I was telling Devin about this already, where um, I'll easily spend uh, $90 on a bottle of scotch. Mm-hmm. And then when my kids ask for like a $100 Lego, I, I'm very hesitant <laughs> to be like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Except I'll, start, I'll, I'll buy myself a, a bottle of scotch. Yeah. So this Christmas, I'm like... I'm going to get them the stupid gifts. Not a stupid, like, irresponsible <laughs> yeah. amount of gifts like some people do. Just we, I told Mac when he contributes, he can have expensive tastes. There we go. It's <laughs> <laughs> a, a weird little segue, but I swear I swear it's relevant. When when it came to Lego specifically, because that's all I ever wanted as a kid. All I ever wanted for every birthday, every, every Christmas, every event was Lego. Mm-hmm. The rule was the piece count had to be four times the dollar cost of the set. So I had to justify how much Lego was in the set. So I could never get like the fancy themed sets, but like yeah. Star Wars sets, they were usually good because they usually came with like six to seven pieces per dollar. That was yeah. great. That was the rule when it came I to asking for Lego sets. never thought of it that way. Yeah. So like Bionicle, I had to buy myself. My parents wouldn't, wouldn't They would pay be like, no, I'm not paying a yeah. dollar a piece. Or yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if I wanted like, you know, Lego City or like the, the, the I, I have buckets never or whatever. Heard the economic. Yeah. Yeah. It was looking back. It was strange, but as a kid, it got me thinking about it, and I guess that was a good thing. Me doing a little mental math in the store. Who put you on that? My dad. Your dad put oh, you on that. Definitely my dad. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Huh. No, that's great. I love that. <laughs> got me doing math. Thanks. My Dave. wife's gonna be like, my wife's like, yeah, but we spent this much on this kid, this much on this kid. So I'm like, yeah, but how many pieces of Lego did we get for the dollar? That's is it. <laughs> it's like we really we got the the boy got more. <laughs> Or less. I don't know which one's more valuable, the one with less. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just get mad at them per, per piece they lose. It's like, that was a 30 cent piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Is that a 25 or 25 cents 20 per cents? piece? <laughs> it's like the girl ones would be like more expensive. That's something I got mad at. I went to Walmart to, no, Canadian Tire and GP, mm-hmm. and we were looking at the Lego stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was, and she's like, oh, this one's the same as this one, well, except one's boys and one's a girl. And I'm like, oh, the girl one better be more expensive. He's like, actually, it's cheaper. I'm like, what happened to that pink tax you all complain about? Where is it here? It's the same toy, but for some reason you're paying less than the guy is. 
I don't. I don't actually care. I just. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's what the pink tax is referring to. But you know, have you have you heard of the pink tax? I mean, I I've heard of it. I assumed that it was to do with like um um reproductive health things. Like not not just reproductive, like razors. They'll oh yeah. Sell the same. Razor. Oh yeah, yeah. It yeah. does the same thing. Mm-hmm. The, but it's pink. The price per square inch of fabric for women is way more expensive than for dudes. Oh yeah. 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 Except for extra large dudes. Like hoodies uh, yeah. and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, Apparently, we get, we get you reamed. lose money on on the uh, no, but the the people making them. So if yeah, I, yeah. if I make a sweater, it's like I have to increase the cost because of the extra fabric. And mm-hmm. you just like really, it's that expensive. Apparently, it is. Yeah. Beyond I think, me. I, think well, a lot I, of I know some guys, and I'm a husk. I, I'm a husky dude, but I know yeah. some guys that literally wear twice the amount of fabric on their body at any given time <laughs> yeah. than I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I can see it happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think any 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 smart person who's selling clothing is is basing their costs on the XL size. Yeah, and then they're making extra money on the smalls. Yep. Yeah, I just realized something today. This shirt, it's uh, I got it in two thousand four, two thousand five. Good return on investment. That's <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Amberlynn. <laughs> it's a band shirt. Oh, perfect. Uh, it's, yeah, just. Band, band shirts are the very, like, I just don't throw them away. No. Like, mm-hmm. I, I keep them until I either lose them or they tear up. I got my first band shirt. So I don't go to live music ever. Mm-hmm. But I went to my first metal show recently at Edmonton and I, I bought a band shirt. Where'd you go to? So we went to, I, th- I believe the venue is called the Metro. Mm-hmm. And we saw uh, Orbit Culture and Native Howl and they were opening for Avatar. I've actually never heard of any of those bands. Yeah, right? Okay. I was like... <laughs> okay, you gotta, you gotta help me out. Avatar, we actually didn't even stay for their set. They were the headlining show. We didn't stay for the whole set because it just wasn't our jam. They were good, but it's mm-hmm. like a, kind of like a carnival theme to their metal music. It was it was fine, but not our jam. Orbit Culture, on the other hand, fucking melted our faces off. They were amazing. I can't recommend them enough on Spotify. Orbit Culture, they're phenomenal. And I'll then check it out. Native Howl, same thing. They were super cool. What's I think the, I've actually heard what, of Native what's, Howl. What's the genre? So Orbit Culture is heavy metal. I would say if you took Metallica, mm-hmm. but with some death metal twist, so more screaming, heavier, much heavier. Yeah, yeah. But his his style of singing is very akin to Metallica, very heavily uh, uh, influenced. Native Howl, they make a joke of calling it their own genre called Thrashgrass. <laughs> it's bluegrass. There's lots of banjo in there and some harmonica and and... I Lots think of that's why I've heard of them. Oh, that's yeah. that's right. I would. But love they that. rock. They are amazing, and the guys were super nice. Like between sets, we went back to their merch table because we're like, "Oh, these guys are awesome." We hadn't really listened to them. I'd heard like one song before, and they were all hanging out at their merch table. Got to shake hands. Got my shirt sh- shirt signed by everyone for free. They didn't charge. They were just happy to chat it up. Super cool guys. See, Can't recommend how, them enough. That's how I met Thousand Foot Crutch. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day, I went to the merch table and the, the drummer and the bass player were like selling merchandise. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's what you do when you're uh, like a small, when you're basically oh, yeah. an indie band. Mm-hmm. When they were, they were straight indie at that time. Like mm-hmm. they yeah. were, they were nobodies. But yeah, Orbit Culture and, and, and Native Howl. Can't recommend them enough. Great, yeah. great stuff. Sweet. I need, I need some new stuff. I'll check it out. Cool. I'll, I'll send you links after the show. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to give any, everyone else has to do their own research. Yeah. Posting links. Yeah, you guys got to work for it. <laughs> Just on this pay us rant lately. <laughs> how's, that, how's that working out for you? Very poorly. <laughs> poorly. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did that. 
Uh, so, um, I guess we shouldn't banter much longer because people came here for a uh, discussion, mm-hmm. not an argument. I was about to say argument, and I'm like, no, mm-hmm. no, a discussion. Uh, I'm making sure I understand this correctly. Morality? So the argument from morality. Yeah. Well, we, we wanted to talk just about kind of apologetics yeah. in general. Okay. And uh, we kind of settled on the topic of morality as, I guess, our example of. Yeah. It, it's just a, apologetic is such a broad scope that it, it really helps to kind of narrow in on, on something specific. Otherwise the, the conversation can kind of go everywhere. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, Especially when you're untrained, like all of us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. See, that's my worry because more, <laughs> you say the word morality, my very first question and Mine, anyways, would be, do you believe that humanity is a good thing? That humanity is, like, inherently good in and of itself? No, no, just it existing as a good thing, as a contributing part of this. Okay, well, I mean, you're asking a question way further down the line. Like, so. <laughs> well, I don't know, it kind of sets a basis of whether or not morality is... So, <laughs> what, uh, what we were talking about in the thread there was the argument from morality, mm-hmm. which is... Okay, see, that's where I kind of, I was like, oh, all right, these guys, I'm just going <laughs> to listen uh, for the first little yeah. while here. So, um, I guess we maybe should start with some definitions. Yep. So I would say the definition of apologetics itself is the systematic argumentation for doctrine. Yeah. Is that, is that fair to say? Yep. I, I would say, I would say so. Yeah. So it's a, it's, it's a, it's a form of, of, uh, religious philosophy where you argue for doctrine, um, from the basis of reason, mm-hmm. as opposed to something like preaching or something like that, where you're arguing from your, from your religious presupposition for mm-hmm. your religious presupposition. So, I mean, like quoting the Bible to talk about what Jesus is like, not the same as apologetics. Yes. Which is, <clears throat> this is why I love talking about apologetics and why it can go kind of all over the place is like, you say something like that. And my first, my first thought is like, there are so many guys who call themselves apologetic, apologeticists. Who are just preachers. Apologists. Who are just preachers. And Apologists. Will, yeah, like your your Ray Comforts of the world who will quote the Bible and feel like that is valid apologetics. And it's just like, that's not how this works. It's very, at least, yeah, at least it's not how modern apologetics works. Exactly. And it, it's, at its root, it's very closely tied with uh, epistemology yeah. and, and understanding why we think the ways we think, the reasoning behind the mm. thought processes. And it's just infinitely... Uh, uh, interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And the argument for the moral- argument for morality is one that I feel like doesn't require as much uh, background knowledge for, for listeners or, to or grasp Or research or, or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. So the, the premise of the argument from morality is that you can deduce that there is a God because of the existence of, um, I guess, moral discernment. Mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis does a really good job of breaking it down in, I think it's mere Christianity or is it screw yeah. tape letters? It's probably no. mere Christianity. Mere Christianity. Yeah. yeah. He does a good breakdown of like. I think the first few chapters are, are more or less around the argument from morality. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but basically he breaks it down as we inherently have a desire to be moral creatures, whether we ignore it or follow through with it. And that inherent desire is God given. Like mm-hmm. where else would that come from? Because it doesn't have any. It doesn't have any apparent basis in the natural world, so it must be supernatural in origin. 
That's mm-hmm. the, in, in a nutshell, very broadly. Yeah, basically. So the idea is that you can you can infer that that a god must exist be you know because um, you need a lawgiver in order to have a law. So mm-hmm. if there's something that seems inherently that we're inherently oriented towards, mm-hmm. it has to have its its uh, origin be outside of ourselves. Therefore, God must exist. Mm-hmm. That's so. that's it in a nutshell. And I love poking holes in it. Like this is my favorite, my favorite. Yeah, thing. it's it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite argument for God's existence. Which one is? I'm um, curious. I because I said so. That's my favorite. But like as a dad, the because I said so is definitively be like the best. It's I, no holes. I, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So <laughs> going to hold it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. So. I, I would say that generally, like this is general because mm-hmm. my relationship with apologetics itself is a lot different than it was in my twenties and early thirties. Mm-hmm. But I would say that my traditional favorite has either been argument from order mm-hmm. or from, um, the cosmological. Mm. Yeah. So like so, Kalam, Kalam cosmological argument or. Yeah. 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 So the idea that because because there is something rather than nothing, mm-hmm. um, therefore something outside of, of the material universe must exist, or because there is order rather than only chaos, that's that's a, another one that I have trouble squaring from a skeptical mm. skeptical skeptical pres- um, position. Yeah, just position. Yeah. perspective. Perspective. There we go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But morality itself, that's one that is not the most convincing to me at all. Right. And like, it's, it's one that's kind of, I don't want to say unfalsifiable. It's not unfalsifiable, but it's hard to nail down definitively one way or the other. Yeah. And and that's one of the problems with most apologetics in general is it always kind of kicks back to a point of something so esoteric that, that, um, it's just. Well, I guess we can't know. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah. And that's kind of what, there's always this little tug in the back of my brain because like I, I spend so much time listening to apologetics, both for and against the, the existence of, of uh, specifically Christian, Christian apologetics, for and against the existence of God. And there's a little piece in the back of my brain that just itches away and it is like, this doesn't matter. It doesn't make a difference because it all is going to boil down to shrug. Who knows? And it, Part of me worries that I'm wasting my time, but at the same time, it brings, me, it brings me joy. So I'm, I'm going <laughs> to, if it just made me miserable to listen to apologetics, I would have given it up so long ago, but it doesn't, it, 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 that, it it's sustaining. With that being said, last week when Devin uh, swung by, he had the most raspy, sexy voice. I'm <sighs> like, Devin, if you would have come in here and Will would have been... You would have won on voice alone. You wouldn't. You could be talking bullshit, and you're. It doesn't matter. You could be like, oh dang. I know. Now I'm back. Now I'm back to my normal like weaselly. The secret is like not drink anything the night before. Like dehydrate yourself a little bit, and then come into the studio in the morning and record the podcast. (laughs) Oh, there we go. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Or come and hungover. I actually don't know if my voice. Like I guess hungover. If you you haven't hungover, if you haven't hydrated properly, I imagine you're going to get a similar effect. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely dehydrates. It's, yeah. it's, it's an, uh, accelerated dehydration process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what we'll call it. Yes. 
<laughs> but anyway, it's so much fun. I literally like I, I did some recordings for my parents for for their business, and that's what they asked. They're like, "Can you can you can you just like plan it out so you can get the raspy voice?" And I was like, "You betcha, I can do that." Sound like you're just, in the Chevy Chevy truck commercial. That's just <laughs> it. That's just it. It's so much fun because then you can say the dumbest, most feminine thing. But sounding, what's his, what's the actor's name? Uh, Sam. Sam, Sam Elliott. Elliot. Elliot. Yeah. yeah. You pull your best Sam Elliott, but just say the most fruity things. It's so much fun. It's, it's just a hoot. <laughs> I've heard a few of them. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good time. Anyways. So I'm going to, I'm going to offer back to the argument from morality. Well, it's going to be very difficult for, cause this isn't, De- <clears throat> Devin, do you think you're able to still argue it in spite of the fact that you not? I'm not, I'm not actually here to. To try and argue, not argue, it. I, just, but I, would, I, would. I would. I'm, I'm kind of here more or less to play with it to try and explain it. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So to, to fill the holes that maybe he yeah. can poke in it. And... Yeah. I'm, I'm not here to play devil's advocate. I'm here to conversate, have a conversation with a friend. Okay. Yeah. All right. No debating. Perfect. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe a little bit just for fun. But... I mean, I'm sure we will because <laughs> we have very <laughs> different. We have very different epistemologies. Oh yeah. So there's there's no way for us to not disagree on certain things, mm-hmm. and Good. even even amongst this, like. Just because I say it's not my favorite doesn't mean that I don't think that there's either valid points or yeah. things in it mm-hmm. that uh, are, are worth thinking about. I just don't think it's a knockdown, drag him out yeah. rationale for God's existence. Very yeah. much so. I mean, I think that applies to most apologetic arguments and yeah, at, no one of them is at, is... at best, it's almost like an aggregate of, mm-hmm. of information that you can kind of make a decision from one way or another once you listen to enough of it. Yeah. Yeah, Very I was so. I, w- I was just worried about the topic suffering of apathy of one person saying it doesn't give, it doesn't really matter and the other guy being like you know what you're kind of right <laughs> it's like <laughs> it doesn't matter so it's fo- I, I don't want that kind of apathy I was like no. okay do we have a topic here that could actually um, put out some great conversations just say fuck it and just hang out I mean, but if if this is, I don't think it's going to at this point looking at it the mm. way that you're bringing it forth we're not going to have the 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 problem of apathy it, like, to a certain extent I mean like. Ultimately, I'm a little bit apathetic about it because I don't think it it does matter in, in, in an absolute sense. But it matters in the sense that I find it an, a, an incredibly engaging thought experiment mm-hmm. and, and exercise my brain at the barest minimum before I extrapolate any kind of like larger um, belief system from it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But now I want to offer the, this is all new to me. That stuff I've learned in like the last year or two-ish is the rebuttal to the argument for morality from a secular point of view, which is the idea that biologists believe that they can basically trace a, a, not the growth of morality, but the, the creation and the, the uptick in moral operation within humans on, on a, on a, on a scale as we've evolved. Cause. Well, yeah. From an evolutionary standpoint, from an evolutionary that makes standpoint, perfect sense. Yeah. Because we can say like, okay, cool. You know, <clears throat> species that work together survive better. People, they, they group together, they band together, they stay alive, they propagate. And then their children will probably be more likely to work together, stay together and survive. And it kind of feeds into itself. And most of the things that we consider moral are just conducive to a functioning group, a functioning cluster mm-hmm. where that's not stealing, not murdering, things like that aren't from that point of view are not God given yeah, but- or, or God's law. They're just 
functional. May I? I'd like to point something out, though. the The idea of morality doesn't come to the same headway in even the same timeline. You look at some of the cultures that we have around the world, and if we give if all per- time periods are the same, you know, in the, the, the expanse of the universe, we should be coming to some similar. A conclusion in morality, but we're not. We're not finding the same thing, be it because mm. of geography, be it because... Uh, in the broad strokes, we are. I mean... How so? It's only a very small minority of specifically human uh, groups that don't think that murder or theft is bad. It's a very small minority that don't think they're bad. Now, some of them think that they are... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not acceptable, but um, permissible, but still not inherently good. Yeah. Like there's a certain, there's certain subsects, certain societies will be like, oh, you know. But we have an entire mass of religion in the world. Like every, everyone says lying's bad. Shouldn't lie. Mm-hmm. There's an entire religion out there that says as long as you're lying for this reason, for this conclusion, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Instead of just saying lying is bad. Like I don't agree with lying. Yeah. I think it's a bad thing. I, I think everyone should be able to agree. But there's an entire religion out right now that's saying lying's bad, except in all these cases. And. And so we're not coming to the same uh, moral conclusion is what I'm but saying. But those things are dying out. <clears throat> like they're, they're, they're shriveling. Mm-hmm. And it, it's weird. And yeah, it, I don't know. I don't, you know what? <laughs> I, this has nothing to do with the argument in general. I just think your premise there that they're dying out and shriveling is not entirely true because there is actually, like, if you're going to think on a global scale, mm-hmm. um, Religion itself is still on fire. Oh, religion is for sure, for sure. Yeah, and and for I, instance, like say Islam, it's that's 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 a religion on the upswing as far as mm-hmm. recruitment as like it's like that's it's on pace to grow. Yeah. So I mean, the idea that the idea that everything is getting better and more secular and safe and sanitized, oh, I think I wouldn't that go that far. I I think not. I maybe I misunderstood Mike. But in his case, when he was referencing religious groups or just groups in general that think that lying is okay, I think that that is dying out in the sense that like. But that's the reli- Islam is a religion that thinks that lying is okay in these circumstances. I mean, when in, I think there's like four. But, yeah. But and the, again, it's on the uptick, so the dwindling is is not there. But it's it's what, that that then this is getting into nitty gritties. But again, that, this is not. This is not cutting towards the moral argument for God's existence. No, 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 no. This <laughs> is not about the moral argument for God's existence. This is the the idea that there's a hole in it the, of the way of evolution of morality. Yeah. Through this is the thing, though. Like, I I don't think that the majority of Muslims that you talk to, especially today, I, I would argue most historically, but especially in this day and age, wouldn't claim that lying is okay to propagate their faith. In the same sense that, like, there's passage. A passage yeah, but that could, I know could of. you trust them to be telling the truth when yeah. they tell you that, it's, though? That's exactly <laughs> the problem. Was, oh, no, that is the problem. You, <laughs> there's at least one passage that I know of in the Bible where God not only justifies lying, but instructs someone to lie on his behalf and equivocates it as a moral good. I want to say it's Rehoboam. I can't remember. But they're instructed to lie to uh, to enemy soldiers to convince them of one thing, so that God's soldiers can do this other thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm that would be uh, in the city of Jericho. It's uh, it's not something instructed; it's just something she does. And yeah. in in retrospect, in the book of Hebrews, it's it's represented as this person doing a good. Yeah, and I, I don't say that to say that you know Christians think lying is okay. I'm just saying that like 
It's like if we're no. going to get down to like really granular details, like we can find we can find oh, yeah. examples. Oh yeah, that cut against our ideal in our scripture so yeah. much. But yes. that's the thing is that like as a as a collective, I don't think you'll find many Christians at all that would think yeah. that lying for God is okay. They would say, no, there's got to be a way to do it that doesn't involve lying. God mm-hmm. wouldn't sanction that. Well, because if your God is so weak that you need to lie in order to enforce him, then your God is... Exactly. Is, that doesn't sound like a very omnipotent God. Yeah, or uh, good or even right. know, real. Mm-hmm. And But to, to your to your point, though, like we're right now, we're, we're kind of dicing up between different outlooks on life. But to your, to your point, you're saying, mm-hmm. no, if you go back and back and back, there is a point to which humans go from essentially, you know, dumb animals mm-hmm. to a point of saying, now we can differentiate between what is right and what is wrong to what you say is right and what you say is wrong. Mm-hmm. That kind of goes off in a couple different streams, but there comes a point where it's like, okay, we know that there's something we ought to do. Mm-hmm. Let's make a system that codifies it, you know, mm-hmm. and that's something that is good for us all and works towards overall human flourishing and we're going to, like, this is now what we do and we teach it to mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that, that's one of those things that just separates humanity from anything else in the animal kingdom is like, there are other animals that have societies that have well, Chimp Empire. Have you, did you watch Chimp Empire? I haven't seen it, but like oh, I know so good. Ch- yeah. the idea that like they have little societies, they have communities that have rules. Now, do they physically talk about and discuss rules like we do? No, of course not. But the early building blocks are still there. We've just progressed further. Yeah. Beyond that, to the point where now we talk about it and debate them and try to figure out which one it is actively, as opposed to just being a thing that happens subconsciously within our our communities. Mm-hmm. And so I, mean, I see that as a as a, a perfect sequitur, or not sequitur, yeah. but like and and example. yeah. So it, yeah, to me, like as somebody that believes in more or less Darwinistic evolution, mm-hmm. that's why the argument for morality really kind of strikes me as something that just doesn't get the job done. Mm-hmm. But if you're a Christian or uh, a Muslim or Jew or, or somebody who believes in the creation of fully formed man, mm-hmm. you know, who's basically made, you know, made ex nihilo in God's image. Well, then, yes, I think the argument for morality carries much, much more weight because there isn't a, you know, in, in their conception of reality, in their epistemology, there mm. is no gradual up-ramp to, to moral. That's it's a like, very good point. This is here. So it's really, really hard to have a nuanced conversation about this with somebody who has that epistemological base mm-hmm. because, you know, for them, there is no up-ramp. It's like we were made and we were made to be moral creatures. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, well, then, yes, morality points towards t- yeah. more, towards a lawgiver. With, with that, that preconception, then, yeah, it would make perfect sense in, 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 <clears throat> in that line of thinking. And this is, this is something that I think this is part of the reason that apologetics tends to get so mired in not mired, quite the opposite. It tends to branch and, and just like immediately fragment into a billion directions is because of things like that. And it's, yeah. Because then, then if I've hit this wall, like I, let's say I'm talking to somebody who is a staunch, uh, young earth creationist. So they believe that humanity was created just like that with morality. Six, evolution is six who literal we, days, 6,000 years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
now I have to back up further. I have to, I have to zoom farther out. Now I have to convince them that evolution is a thing. I have to convince them that the earth is not that young and all these other steps that make that conversation so difficult to have. And it's part of the reason I don't, I never, I never bring up apologetics with the intent to convince somebody that my argument is better because it just seems like talk about waste of time. Yeah. That is an, it's like beating your head against a wall. It, 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 the chances of it having any meaningful effect are basically nil. I mean, I was never deconverted because apologetic arguments. I have friends who were deconverted because they saw apologetics and realized how, what's the word I'm looking for? Shallow I, they can be? Can be, mm, not always Well, are. if, the, if um, no offense to your friends that may have deconverted over that, but it shows how shallow their faith was too. I don't know that, you know what? I'm going to push back on that. Thank you. Okay. Apologetics itself is actually part of my, of my deconstruction. Yeah. Like, well, no, it yeah. was, it was, it was, it was the argument. It was the debate. It was the fore and aft that basically brought me to the point of, of saying, yeah, I don't think I believe there's God anymore. Huh. Yeah. It, it, it really, it really was hmm. uh, argument that, that, uh. That Maybe decon- I haven't given apologetics enough time because I, I have obviously been like, oh, no. Well, a- it, it doesn't cut that way all the time because no. mo- most of the time, most Christians that I know that listen to a lot of apologetics aren't listening to debate. Most of them are listening to apologetics to reaffirm what they already believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not listening to both sides, not listening to active one-on-one debates between somebody who believes in a presupposition and somebody who doesn't. Or to somebody trying to actively deconstruct a presupposition, mm-hmm. most of the time they're just listening to somebody giving them justification for what they already believe. Yeah, yeah. And if that, confirmation if, bias. If that, yeah, confirmation bias. And if that's what you're doing, it's not going to do it. But if mm-hmm. you're if you're getting into the actual debate and listening to good counter apologists, it gives you, pardon me, it gives you lots to think about and and enough to have pause over. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll, I will give you that. I'm, I'm talking about the ones that are looking for confirmation bias and then they get one little hole poked <laughs> in it and they just fall apart. I mean, I, I can't like absolutely speak for my friend, but him and I had very kind of inverse um, deconversion stories where my deconversion story was very, I drifted away from the faith because I didn't have that connection. I never had that relationship with God. I spent the majority of like, as far back as I can like actively recall with, with any clarity looking for that relationship. Actually, it was funny. Literally yesterday, I got a, like a thing on Facebook. It's like a post that you made years ago, memories or whatever they're called from like 2010, an eon ago about me writing a post about how, like, I don't understand Christians who are charismatic, who are like singing and dancing and doing jigs and clapping their hands and speaking in tongues. Like I, I just, there's a disconnect in my head. I don't get it because I don't feel any of that. I understand worship. I understand, you know, reading scriptures and, and trying to talk to and have a relationship with God, but I don't get the charismaticness of it all. So I never had that. I, as much as I searched for it, as much as I looked for it, I could never find it. And eventually that just ended up with me drifting away. And then it's now only in the last like five years that I've looked back and been like, maybe I should look at why I drifted. Maybe I should look at the reasons that I should or shouldn't be involved with, with, uh, Christendom. And so I've like, so I don't think I deconstructed until now, but I wouldn't call it a deconstruction for me. It was more just like, then I went on a search to be like, what should I believe? Mm -hmm. But I have a friend, a very close friend, friends is a, 
And they had the, the opposite way. They were deep within the faith mm. and they were watching all these apologetists and they started seeing some of these popular Christian apologeticists here, William Lane Craig's, um, C.S. Lewis. What's another one? Um, I, I make jokes about Ray Comfort cause I don't think he's a serious one. Um, oh, what's his name? Anyways, the common ones, uh, J. Werner Wallace. That was the one I was thinking of. And their arguments have a lot of really gaping holes in them. And so that mm -hmm. to them was like a gateway to like, yeah. these are the people that we as Christians tend to hold on a high pedestal for being exemplars of the logic and the reason for our belief. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't hold water. What else doesn't hold water? And then it was all downhill from there. That That's yeah. my understanding. I, so I so I, that's I, much more akin to, to mine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that's, that's definitely much more akin to mine. Um, what kind of stopped, I think what kind of stopped the deconstruction all the way down mm -hmm. was realizing that the counter apologetics had gaping holes in it too. It's so it was like, Oh, it's the blind arguing with the blind about the few things that they feel like they know something about. That's, that is the overall opinion of, of the general debate mm -hmm. between belief and not belief that I see now. And that's, that's kind of what, I guess, put the brakes mm -hmm. on the deconstruction and, and I just paused. I just, I just stopped mm -hmm. both deconstruction and faith. Yep. And just kind of sat in it for a good long while. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, so there's a, there's a term that gets bandied about now more recently. I've only noticed it in the last couple of years as this kind of, uh, I mean, backing track a little bit, backtracking a little bit further than that. So I'm assuming you guys have like heard of like the, what do they, what do they call themselves? The five horsemen of the apocalypse. They're, it's a super edgelord name for all these new, the new atheists. So yeah. Yeah. The, Richard there was, Dawkins, yeah, Dawkins, Sam Harris, uh, Harris Hitchens. Christopher Hitchens, who's probably like the most dope of them all. <laughs> Hitchens is, is an absolute bamf. I love him. Harris mm. Dawkins is a, he's an old fart at this point. Don't dig him very much. But anyways, post that, now we have a new wave new, new wave of atheism that's largely online based. And it's not like angry atheist on YouTube. That's kind of gone the way of the dodo bird. Now it's people like, um, um, Alex O'Connor of cosmic skeptic, or, um, there's another good example, uh, genetically modified skeptic on YouTube. And they're people who have very large followings now. And they've, they've a very different, uh, way of doing atheism and they specify that they believe in what they refer to as negative atheism as opposed to positive atheism. So positive atheism is the idea that I believe that there is proof that there is no God. Mm -hmm. Negative atheism is I haven't found proof for God. Therefore I do not believe in him. Mm -hmm. I am firmly in the negative atheist camp. And I don't think that there's me personally, I don't think there's a tenable argument for being a positive atheist. I don't think you can, prove a negative. I don't think you can prove that there is no God. I think that's an, uh, yeah, an impossible I would, I would say that's probably fair. And yeah, that, that, that point of like positive atheism, it mm -hmm. strikes me as a non-religious religion. <laughs> a, like, a little it, bit. It, it can in, be. In how strident everybody yeah. is about their certainty about stuff. It's like, and, and then again, you see like, okay, some of your certainties are based on assumptions mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And that's where I was kind of like, all right, like there's holes here, mm -hmm. you know, like you're, there's certain things that you're saying that are not striking true, no matter how I think of it 
you know, and your stridency in them is really pushing me back. Mm -hmm. And that, that's why I gravitate heavily towards negative atheism or agnosticism, basically the same thing, just with different names. <laughs> negative atheism is just a little bit further towards the, the, the hard atheism than, than yeah. agnosticism. Agnosticism, I feel like is more of an, I don't know. And negative atheism is more of a, with all the information that is presented to me, yeah. I have decided no. What I appreciate about the agnostics proclaimed especially is the humility that they have to say, I don't quite believe you, but I, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I can't, you can't know. Yeah. And, and that's why, yeah, again, goes towards the cultish behavior of, uh, of positive atheism of these people who just like, I know, I believe it. And then even mm -hmm. most, some negative atheists who you can't convince them either way, simply because they're not willing to open themselves up to even having a discussion because mm -hmm. they're, they're hard line on how they believe. And. And this is where, like, I I don't usually gel with the idea of calling atheism a religion, um, but I do definitely gel with it being considered an ideology, especially positive atheism being an ideology. Exactly as you say, they make claims, they make statements that that are kind of impossible to back up. At the same time, I have to hold a certain level of space for them because, like, almost everyone I know that would identify as a positive atheist has been severely traumatized by their time in a religion in some way or yeah, another. Yeah, but Trump, Trump is not a justification. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, I misheard you. I thought you said, yeah, but Trump. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I mean, like, not like little T trauma. I mean, like, big T trauma, the big stuff. The best. Sorry. <laughs> like, I... Yeah, but... <sighs> see, I, I don't necessarily think that trauma justifies uh, um, obstinance. Yeah. I had a bad experience but with it's dogs. Close. Doesn't mean that all dogs are shit. No, but it does mean that I don't like dogs. <laughs> like, it, it, I think it's totally valid for if, like, if I had a bad experience with a dog to be like, I don't want to deal with dogs. I don't want to touch dogs. I don't want to interact with dogs. Dogs freak me the fuck out. No bueno. Do not want. I think that's valid. Now to say that dogs yeah, are Yeah, but then bad. turn it around and saying like, oh, and nobody should like dogs. Exactly. That's taking that's, it too far. That's taking it too far. And that's such a, and it's. It's not just an apologetic. This is something I've noticed. Like the, the more I look at these supposedly uh, super progressive ideals, so many of them, every like every single one of them, it seems, has this fringe portion that is, I think this is bad. Therefore, anyone who thinks it's good is actively malicious. Yeah. Like there's a subreddit for yeah. the no kids. Everyone who no disagrees with me is a Nazi. Yeah. Stuff like that that I, I just have no time for. Yeah. At the same time, I won't lie. There's a certain little piece of me that sits back and like when I hear certain religious arguments get trotted out that I look, I look at whoever's trotting it out and be like, you're not a bad person, but that idea, that's dog shit and I'm going to make fun <laughs> of it. <laughs> There's a certain like little I, piece I of pleasure I, I, I get from doing that. And I try not to, I try not to entertain that any more than I have to because it, it's just, it's just Yeah, mean. but some people are full of shit. Some people are full of shit. It's that's really fun to point it out sometimes. <laughs> that's, that's facts. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> some people are full of shit. Cheers. Uh, <laughs> All right. So I think we got that first one, that whole evolution uh, straight path. Or are we, are we still kind of, is there any other holes that really you think deserve the amount of attention that. I mean, I feel like our conversation pivoted very harshly oh, yeah. from, from argument for yeah. morality. Screw that noise. Now we're talking like, 
<laughs> apologetics ideology in general atheism, yeah. et cetera. all right i'm done with that <laughs> we, we pivoted hard <laughs> that's okay this is still good stuff this is still that's stuff the thing they all about. bleed into one another eventually. oh yeah that's the, the best part about them inextricably mm. in, in intertwined mm. Bump the mic. how dare you oh, fucking do shut her down mic yep. bumper Restart. all right everybody out of the pool come on you <laughs> start from scratch yeah it's it it, there's this, it, it, it leaves me always with this super conflicted sense because on one hand, I really want to <clears throat> respect the fact, not respect, I want to give people lots of extra leeway for their bitterness towards religion because of the trauma that they have incurred due to it. At the same time, I don't feel it. I, I like had plenty of big T trauma in my life, but none of it was directly and inextricably tied to religion. And so I don't have that, that that bend against religion that I think a lot of my uh, atheist peers do. But like some of them, I'm not naming names, but like things like their, their sexuality, like they've lost decades of their life internally feeling like they are broken because they loved someone of, of, of a different gender or the same mm -hmm. gender or whatever. And they spent their whole life feeling awful because of that. And they can't get away from it. And then all of a sudden they finally step away from religion and realize, oh no, I can love that person. And they find this happiness and the happiness is good, but it's but poisoned. It, it, yeah. It comes with almost an, an inverse, an inverse hatred to what you left. Exactly. Exactly. There's this big gaping maw of just like, screw you. You took this away. Like I missed years of happiness that could have been happy because of religion. And it's not always directly because of religion. In some people's case, it is. Some people, they use it as a scapegoat. But like, I have to leave a lot of space for people who feel that level of resentment towards religion. I, like I say, I don't, but man, I sympathize with people who do. I, yeah. I have a really... and, and for, for folks like that, like I, I really hate the idea that when somebody who has that experience, when they're kind of told to like, well, I mean, enough of that, listen to my argument. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're, it's, I find it super insensitive. Mm -hmm. And, and that's one of the things where, like, you know, like modern apologetics strikes me as a little shy of the mark is because it kind of, it boils everything down to the argument so distinctly that there isn't room for healing and wisdom. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, there's no room for for reconciliation when it's being used as a retention tool. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. It, they don't. They don't do the same thing. They don't fit together for that. Yeah, and it's and, you know it's it's one thing when two when two like people who are like you know equal equal sparring partners are getting together in order to have an argument of ideas. Mm -hmm. Like it's something I glad I'm glad happens. It's just one of those things where I'm like, you know what? When you're when you're talking to somebody who's going through the shit. Like, this isn't the thing to show them. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not the time and place. Yeah. Like, oh God. Yes. I've had, but no. that's, but that's the thing Like we're like, well, this is our tool. Like we don't have any other way to, t to tell you God exists. So we're throwing apologetics at you. Yeah. You know, like it's, 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 uh, so your friend evolved into a screw and you yeah, have a hammer. It's, you it's can't Western, help. it's Western Christianity's only tool in the tool chest anymore. We've completely given up the ball just to scholastic rationalism. Well, it's because it's because the scholastic, the scholastic rationalism that you're looking at, that's what's been pushed. 
You want reasoning. You want justification. Yeah. You want argument because that's what you, that's what atheists have been pushing is the discussion, the scientific analysis of your faith. And then when you do it and it's not enough, it's like, oh, we've abandoned our prehistoric of because God said so or, or just this personal experience that people live off of or preach by. And so we've walked away from the personal experience and gone into this argumentative side of things. And I think I think that most most Western uh, apologetics are in, inherently flawed because, as you mentioned earlier, they're they're coming from a predetermined conclusion and trying to work backwards from that to justify it, and that inherently leaves big gaps in their argument that anyone who's looking at it from a skeptical point of view will point out and be like, "That doesn't comport. That doesn't fit. That doesn't work." <clears throat> And so it, it, it ends up kind of being a zero-sum game, and it looks very disingenuous when you have these apologetics, uh, apologeticists, I keep fumbling that word, and it ends up sounding super-duper shallow from the outside because it's, it's kind of a, a, an impossible argument to make when you're coming from a, a predetermined conclusion and trying to, to back away from it as opposed to going looking for a conclusion and finding a path there. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think you can ever draw a good, a good logical path to the existence of God if you're doing it backwards. I well, think that's yeah, just I mean, kind of inherently flawed. It's almost like, you know, the Japanese, yeah. like when they, when they've discovered uh, Harley Davidson's, <laughs> they, they reverse engineered it and put out a thing that looks like a Harley Davidson and in some ways performs better than one, but is missing a certain je ne sais quoi. It's missing something that connects to the heart mm-hmm. that Harley has in spades, but the, the Japanese manufacturers could never figure out. No. They just they just couldn't do it no matter how hard they tried. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's actually a really good metaphor for that. I mean, I don't know Harleys from, from the next, like apart from looking they at the logo. Soul. They got there, soul. That's what I hear. Yeah, there there is a there is a je ne sais quoi that hmm. that they have, and uh, some of it has some of some of its charm is in how flawed they are. Hmm. I can get behind that, but uh, you know it's almost like an old Ferrari, right? Hmm. In, in you know verse, you know something that uh, you know like a it's like a Honda Civic. You know, R or something like that. Something that no, technically the, the, performs the, better in every way. The new cheaper. Honda Civic SI will yeah. destroy most Lamborghinis of the past. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But at the same time, you're like, man, that does not have, it, was, it just doesn't have something about the, the pack. V10. It doesn't have the sound. Uh, yeah, it doesn't yes, have, that, it yeah. doesn't have something about the passion that, that, mm. you know, mm-hmm. that, that it was there. And so, yeah, there's just a thing that's lost in reverse engineering things. Mm-hmm. I agree wholeheartedly. Cause yeah, like. You'll never convince me that like a new Honda Civic Si is going to be cooler than like an 85 Countach. It's mm. never going to happen. It's just never. I don't care how well it performs. I don't yeah. care how bad the Countach is functionally. I yeah. still want it. I think the, the Ford Focus could beat the, the original Camaro Mustang. <laughs> like mm. in a, they did some kind of lap time and they compared <laughs> its lap time to the... Like the last Ford Focus, and not mm. like the high end one, like the, just the Ford Focus. The, the Ford, Ford Focus. Focus. Mm. <laughs> Don't you have one of those? Uh, I have a, a Fusion. Fusion. Yeah, a Fusion. that's right. Yeah, and it's no entry level Fusion. <laughs> <laughs> Platinum, motherfucker. Yeah. You know what? Is I it, got it. Is it is a granny car to the core, and I love it so much. I've like normally I go to work early so I can like have coffee with the boys before we actually start work. Like three times in the last two weeks, I just drove around the block like three times instead because my car is so cushy and warm and comfy. <laughs> and I'm just listening to my tunes, just 
bobbing like I along. I don't want to get out. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to leave. I don't want to go. What was, what was that grand uh, Ford had a grand something, uh, one of those big old 80s car. Anyways, I saw a classic Cadillac. Oh, what was it? It was one of those big, giant grandma cars that you'd expect from... Like the veneer paneling on the side or Yeah, whatever? just okay. everything. And I'm like, uh, honey, honey, can I can I get this? <laughs> I just wanted that shitty car. Oh, see, none of the things that make me love this thing are, are going to exist on an 85 car. Like, mm-hmm. It's like one of those things like like a, like having wheels on your hockey bag when I was a teenager and that was like oh. first becoming a thing and I was like a bunch of pussies with wheels in their hockey bags. And then I got one. So never looked back. Never looked back. And now I have like I have a backup camera. It's amazing how fast a guy gets soft. <laughs> That's just it. That is just it. Oh. And like I'm having to like there's portions of the car that I won't engage with. Like I, I have a, a a parallel parking assist. No. Nope. And I, that's just one step too far for me. I can't bring myself to use it. Good. Or apparently there's a Ford app on my phone that I can use to start my car, check like my tires. Well, I, I do that. I'd start my car with my phone. Oh yeah. I, I use my remote start because yeah. I have the remote start. So I don't need an app. And I'm like, oh. why would I get, why would I, I, I'm just so reticent to do that because it is one step too far. The backup camera, I was like, cool. I'll never back into anything ever again. I don't use it the whole time I'm backing up, but like to check my distance, Fancy camera. I can get that. within half an inch. I can say this because I know she's not listening, but that did not save my wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> the, the Snitches get stick- stitches. None of y'all say shit. <laughs> the, the backup camera definitely has the occasional blind spot. <laughs> Well, now you just watch like a year or two from it now. It has a vagina. Year or two from now, you guys are getting a message from me being like, guys, I got to eat my words. I'm back into something. I did it. Uh, with my luck, I will do that eventually. Uh, my wife backed into a garbage can at our house recently. She's like, Mike's going to be so mad because she's hit like three things recently. It's a garbage can as long as it didn't like break it, it nothing. It busted my mirror or my oh. one of my taillights. Whoopsies. But it's my wife's taillight really because it's a minivan. I have a work truck. There you go. <laughs> I don't pay for the work truck, which is perfect. All right. Perfect. I realized we kind of diverted a little bit hard yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, so we were, we were talking about um, apologetics, basically mm-hmm. reverse, engineering, reverse engineering the argument from the conclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and just an inherently flawed uh, process. So you're going to have a hard time getting a good conclusion. Well, it is. It is. But, but is it any worse? Sorry to interrupt here, but is it, it any worse from somebody regurgitating the same information that you're talking about of, okay, well, I'm going to go the opposite direction, but they're missing so many steps, so we're finding these holes in the secular argument against... Um, sort of. I think it's more of a... So the, it, I can't speak for every secular person, but for myself, I'm not secular and then trying to shore up my secularism. Rather, I am wherever the facts that I read about lead me mm-hmm. and they happen to have led me down secularism. Hence why negative atheism tends to be the, the, the title that fits for me because like it's totally possible that stuff will come about that like just unequivocally make me believe that God exists. Yeah. That's so totally I'll, possible uh, that will happen. I don't know. I might push back a little bit there because the you're, you're still, you're still filtering you're still filtering data through through an epistemology, through a presupposition. And it, I mean, it takes a certain amount of force in order to dislodge somebody from that. And, you know, I'm going to 
maybe betray a little bit here of, of, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to divert from the idea of, of just rational discussion. Mm-hmm. Go for it. And I'll just say that people like yourself who are, are in that position, either of secularism, atheism, or soft atheism, kind mm-hmm. of sort of like what you're talking about, you're still, you're still at the behest of, of the God that you worship. Um, or, or the principality or mm. sort of thing, right? Yeah. So there, like, and, and that's one of the things where, at least from the Eastern point of view, the more mystic side of it, it's, it's kind of like everybody, everybody bends their knee to a certain idea. And that idea is what dictates to the person what their, you know, say opinion of, of right and wrong is, what their, what their devotion is to, what the, what things they, they find, you know, attractive or, or hold on to more. And so you say that you're open to whatever evidence, Mm -hmm. however, your, your definition of what qualifies as evidence is itself a, it's a, it's a presupposed place, right? Because like for you, it either has to be a lock, stock and barrel, um, solid rational argument that doesn't leave room for me to poke holes in it. Or it has to be like tangible, physical, testable evidence. Or enough aggregate evidence, I think, would would also qualify. Because I mean, like, I have to, as much as a a lot of secularist peers like to tote around, you know, science dictates this or scientifically we can prove this, etc. Most of that is aggregate. And that's why science tends to be so fluid is that that aggregate changes. It shifts Mm -hmm. as new information crops up. Um. I would agree those are all valid ways to, to change my mind. Excuse me. But like, for, I, I agree with the idea that. But, but that's, that's just the thing. It's about mind. <laughs> like that. Uh, well, yeah. It, it, for, for me, it kind of has to be. So we were talking before the podcast started a little bit about how I, I diverge from a lot of my uh, secular peers and that I don't put any stock in anything supernatural. I don't mm-hmm. put stock in like, uh, uh, cryptids or folklore, etc. Ghosts, ghoulies, specters, none of it. I apply my same kind of skeptical lens to all of it. Um, that also applies to the human soul. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if we have a soul. I haven't like, I, there's, I don't, I don't think that there's any valid proof that a soul exists. We just, we are our minds. It's kind of impossible to prove that a soul exists. We can insinuate and we can hypothesize, but I don't, I don't think that any. Yeah. And, and, and it, again, that would be one of the things where we have just an overall disconnect from mm-hmm. the Eastern mystic part of it, because I yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'd be like, yeah, like who knows what the heck a soul is. Yeah. I, I don't know if it is anything. Um, the way we use the word soul is like, you are a soul, your mind, body, spirit together itself is overall a soul, right? Yeah. And the idea of like the Christian afterlife isn't something where like your, your eternal ethereal soul thing is going to go to heaven Mm -hmm. and, and live forever or to hell or, or, or whatever. 
it's it's an idea of of resurrection like you are you mm-hmm. body and everything and all of that together is is a is a soul right yeah i mean so it's so that's one of the things where like that's one of the things where were why i have i struggle with apologetics mm-hmm. at this point is because it almost is it just doesn't connect with the frame of mind. Hmm. I'm trying to think how how best to 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 word this. So I I I think I get where you're coming from when you say that I'm working back from a pre presupposition, even if it's a very different presupposition that it's still working back from a presupposition. No, I don't think you're working back from a presupposition. Well, I think that you are I think that you are interacting with the principality mm. and dancing to its beat, just like I'm dancing to another principality's beat. So this one's tricky because I have to, I have to, to try and self-evaluate reliably, which I mean, which I'm we all person. suck at. <laughs> we all suck at that. I'm the easiest person to fool. Myself. Yeah. So Let's... like f- from my own perspective, I don't hold or I actively put effort into not holding anything as absolute. There are things that I like I hold to more strongly than others for sure, but nothing, I actively try to hold nothing as an absolute, just like I actively try not to worship anything, both literally and figuratively. I try not to hold any one thing on a, on a pedestal. Like. No, you I, do. You, you serve, you serve rationalism to a degree. I, I mean. I guess, but uh, like I. There, there, there's a, there's a skeptic, there's a skepticalness that you hold as sacred. And I, I've heard it in, in some of the way that, you, that you've talked this evening, especially before we turned on the, the microphones. Yeah. So there is something, there is something that to you is sacred. And I, I, I guess I could call, I guess we could call it sacred, but I don't. I mean, okay. We're, we're mincing words, but I could say, um, there is something to you that is the most, the most valuable principle by Mm. which you judge everything else. Yeah. And, you know, if I guess calling it sacramental is, is me just, I guess maybe throwing spiritual language at the same topic, but that is when you think about what, what people of belief consider sacred, it's, that's what it is. It's the, it's the principle or, or action or whatever that is the governing that is the governing principality. Yeah. And I, I guess the reason I, I feel f- <laughs> it's weird because I, I absolutely agree with everything you're saying. And yet I feel this weird tension in accepting it. And I'm trying to on the fly break down where that tension's coming from. Cause like part of me, it could be the principality itself. <laughs> maybe a part of me agrees wholeheartedly. Cause you're right. I do definitely hold my skepticism on a pedestal very much. So like I, I view that as within person, like me personally, I'm the most proud of that. I think of all of my, all of my eccentricities, all of my things that make me, me, I'm most proud of my skepticism, which is ironic because I'm also super gullible, but at the same time, I don't view I have a hard time viewing skepticism as its own thing, as its own ideological concept, because I view it as a, I see it as like a lack of concept, even though that's not right. Like that isn't right. It is a concept to question everything, Mm -hmm. 
but I don't know it's how. A, it's a premise do, we can put you, words on, man. Do yeah. You, do you question? Do you ever find your own uh, glorification of skepticism to be something sus- to be suspic- suspicious of? I try to be. I mean, like I try to like, wonder okay, why I care why, so much. Why? Why is this worth guessing? <laughs> why? Why can't I let go of this idea? What? What is holding me onto this? Well, that's the thing. Is it? It's like a. It's like an active. An active attempt to not hold on to anything too hard. Yeah. Yeah. And holding on to that thing. Just don't hang on to anything. And it's it's a a weird philosophical thing to hold on to the idea of not holding on to anything. (laughs) And I'm trying to wrestle with that. I feel it's not a fair discussion. Well, that's it's <laughs> because it, it's because it is a paradox. It is. Like, yeah, it really it. is. It's paradoxical. It's, it's a paradox. As a and Christian, I can relate with and, that. And <laughs> paradox is something that scholastic rationalism doesn't have room for. No, it really doesn't. No, it's it's a mystery. Gosh, I have so much to chew on. This is great. <laughs> this is why I love these conversations. Like, right. This is this well, is this cheers is like to that, man. hell yeah. Like this is going to keep to me the busy. Questioning. For, a, who knows how long? Like this is this is one of those questions that I may never figure out my entire life. I'm probably going to hit a wall someday. If you did, like, I'd be eh. disappointed in you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know it's wrong. If someone figures that quite like this out, no. I have congratulations. Right you solved to... philosophy. Well done. <laughs> is what we do. We we take mm-hmm. things that have been debated for thousands of years and we solve it in a podcast. Yeah, exactly. Was, exactly. It's one our whole bo- thing. One bottle of liquor. We've got the whole problem solved. Yeah, next, now, if we could just remember. <laughs> next world hunger. Bring it. Oh, I've been thinking don't, a lot about this. Don't give me real problems. No. <laughs> let's, let's keep this all in our head. Thank yeah, you yeah, very okay, much. Right, right, yeah, yeah, I, I've been actually thinking about this. There's too many people in the world argument, and I don't like it. Mm. So I played it out. Because, you know, okay. discussion of morality. Mm-hmm. and My brain was going a different direction than what y'all's brain was going. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, if we're going to say there's just too many people in the world, let's just say that is a problem that's coming. Because I know you guys kind of rounded out that last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if there's too many people, there's two solutions. One, make less people and eventually, mm-hmm. hopefully, things will get better. Or two, depopulize the planet. Mm-hmm. Well, then we have to create a grading system of people to keep on the planet. Well, the first thing in my book would be if, if, we're, if we got to reduce numbers, had to. Mm-hmm. Horrible, horrible thing to say. We gotta get rid of the poor. There's just too many of them. So you, you, why is, why would you why I know there's there's lots of them because they create starvation, they create create famine through their lack I, of ability. I, I, I would argue they're the victims <laughs> okay, of those what, things. What what if then you just got rid of the rich and reallocated all of their no, stuff because to everybody ri- else? No, because the rich know how to handle this shit. Ah, that doesn't necessarily mean they deserve it. That, that doesn't matter. They know how to handle shit. See, everything the rich has done has actually brought people out of poverty. Oh, God, all, I all, strongly disagree with that. All tides, are, all ships are lifted by high tide. No, I, I no, harshly okay. disagree with that. that, that <laughs> that's simply not, a, that's not an actual reality because right now the tide is rising only for a select few. Yeah. And for everybody else, it's getting shallower and shallower. Exactly. I'm, I'm like, like, got a great investment too. How, how much, how much more or how much farther does your dollar go now than it used to? Oh, not very, not very. You're making more than you have in a long time. Oh yeah. However, if you made this much 20 years ago, Oh, You'd be living so much better High than you are hog. right now. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> and do you think? Do you think? Like you know, 
the no. tide rose for you? No, it hasn't. No, I, but, but there's I, other people but I, I that blame, are skyrocketing. I blame the government. I don't blame so, the rich people. So I, I, I want to the government are a rich bit. people. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. So no. I, they I, still they they still bow down to the real rich people. I, I want to go back enough. to my harsh objection. I, okay. Earlier. Again, there's the real rich people that are calling the shots again. <laughs> yeah. so. so, so I want to go back to my really harsh disagreement with you there and clarify just a little bit. I do agree that the rich know how to manipulate money, mm-hmm. hands down. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it is a net benefit for everyone because the only, the manipulation of money involves taking a lower class and keeping them lower class. It's no, the it only way that the rich exist as they do. No, then why are there more or less people out of poverty today than any time in history per capita? Eh, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think the it is true. There are less people living under the poverty line than there's ever been but in all the poverty, of history. That's the old, like that is a poverty line that hasn't been adjusted for inflation. The number of people who are under the poverty line based on it, like the number of people who make a livable wage relative but to the, the increases in rent and groceries but this is, is lower the, than- uh, This is talking not within the last 10 years or the last four years. This is talking the last 20 years. It's constantly been going down. I... And don't. I think we're going to enter an, an age here where it goes up again. You think so? I very much think so. If things don't change, I don't think so. I, I really do. I, think. I don't. I don't think we're on a. I don't think we're on a progressive track towards utopia. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. I, I. I don't think so. I, I think don't think there's, utopia. I, think, I don't expect utopia. I think there's. There's. Better. I think there's ages and times and places where things are better than they were for some people and worse for others, and we've. We're coming out of a really good age for for people that live in the side of the world that we do mm-hmm. and it's going to get bad it's going to get us. worse it's going to get worse I and mean, maybe not like bad like yeah. you know like we're going to be like a third world country or anything like that but the ideal that we felt that we could achieve 30 40 years ago that's for the most part, a pipe dream now. Yeah. Okay. It's not even close. And it's that's going to get farther and farther and farther away. All right. Yeah. I'm going to follow a different rationale then when it comes to the depopulation thing. Okay. Not just the poor. We're going to go after the countries with um, the highest pollution. <laughs> or the, the like, like per capita. Uh, yeah. Again, that's third world countries. Yeah. Predominantly, yeah. yeah, yeah. Predominantly. So we're like, oh, they, they put up most of the, the harm in the world globally. We need to reduce their population or make it so that they're making less of See, a problem. I don't like depopulation is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if we're going to draw to this natural conclusion, we're going to get rid of the handicaps. We're going to get rid of the, the, the people who are uh, ah, a, but a see, problem on society those that do be... not contribute anything statistically. Because this is the way that they're read. Not 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 ideologically. We're, we're abandoning ideolo- uh, ideological what would, arguments. What would here. be no. the most ethical way to depopulate? I was going to say, that is still there ideologically is no sound. Way. It's just the ideology of utilitarianism. I think if you want it to be ethical, I, this is the only time I, you'll probably ever hear me. I'm not going to say it's ethical. I'm saying more ethical. Yeah, yeah, yeah more ethical. Uh, I think it's the <laughs> only time you'll, depopulation. You'll... Anyone who actually believes in depopulation, you're not an ethical person. <laughs> yeah, but the, the most ethical way to do it, the least unethical. <laughs> this is the only time you're ever going to hear me suck off the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I was thinking, no. The, snap, the Thanos snap. The no. Way, uh, that is dispassionate. Yeah. It is, it is as close to neutrality yeah. as possible as just... Half of them are gone, but or whatever at number. At random, yeah. yeah, at complete random. So you're thinking lottery, effectively lottery, but not a lottery that people can manipulate. Like, yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. 
So actually, I, I like that you bring up it's this idea of terrifying. But if there was to be a form of depopulation that was the most ethical, mm-hmm. that left as little as possible to manipulation or to bad intention or to flawed like flawed discernment, like mm-hmm. let's get rid of the poor people, <laughs> you know, yeah. that sort of thing, then it would have to be by lottery. Yeah. It, of the ethical arguments, yes, I would say that is it's the most- horrifying. Horrifying. It's still horrible. It's still horrible. There's I a reason think... Thanos is the bad guy, okay? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's like, a, like, a, like an immediate depopulation. I would even argue that a, a more ethical option that I don't know, I'm on the fence as to whether or not it is actively ethical as opposed to the least unethical would be not necessarily anti-natalism, but like a limited natalism. So depopulation over time, yes, maybe not as harsh as what China did, but the idea of having less children. So you depopulate over the course of say two, three, four generations, you would reduce the population, not by killing off the ones that are, but just by bringing less in. Yeah. China tried that. They're I mean, they actually going, it. they're going through an economic crisis. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they tried okay, it very they, aggressively. Yeah, they tried it very aggressively. However, the West has done it without trying it. Yes. They've, yes. We've, no, we've, we've just I made mean, liberals. We're, we've, <laughs> no, 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 no. We're <laughs> no, just having they, less no. kids. Liberals are having less kids than conservatives. No, not just. Just because you've had a bunch doesn't mean that, <laughs> no. that in general, people are having less kids than they used to. Do you know why? You blame capitalism. No, I, I blame, again, governments, not capitalism. When you are punishing people, when oh, you are God. punishing people. Capital, capitalism may be an idol for you. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think so in this, in this instance, no. Because they have they have punished people who have uh, uh, the standard home. It's no, no, very no, no. hard. Okay, well, there there is, a, there, okay, there is a degree of looking down your nose at people with, like, lots of kids and stuff like that going on in the world right now, and maybe that plays out in some policies or behaviors and stuff like that. But in general, the reason why we're having less and less kids over the last, like, say, 200 years or 100 years is because we simply have way more disposable income. We... We don't have to have kids. It's not yeah. a retirement plan anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's well that and now, like in the last 20, 30 years, it's too expensive. Like you can't afford to have a bunch of kids now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very difficult. And women we allowed women to work. That didn't help mm-hmm. at all. No. It really didn't. <laughs> I mean the right to vote. That's thing? all assuming that Way. having more kids is is a goal at the is, end. Is a goal, yeah. I think it's a good thing. Well, see, I I but so I we, think so it's we, a good we've thing. we've we've basically done the same thing China has in aggregate without a policy. It's we've just been less focused on having children yeah. and families mm-hmm. and stuff like that for various reasons, whatever the reason is. We have actually reduced our population a lot and it is leading us towards a financial crisis. Yes. It is a little bit, yeah, because we have less of a disposable, not disposable, but we have a less of an entry-level workforce now oh, yeah. coming yeah. up. Yeah, less ent- entry-level. And there's less people to feed into the economy to actually feed the, C- the CPP in yeah. Canada anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's the, not the idea, enough money being us... made to offset the amount of debt that we're incurring yeah. because of mm-hmm. old people, which wouldn't be a problem if there was enough young people working. But there isn't. There just aren't enough young people Both. on top of. Oh, yeah. Working. Yeah, that's right. But like why? So for, for, for me, from like a super progressive point of view, why would I work in the system that I think is inherently flawed any more than absolutely necessary? Because it's for the greater good. 
I don't think it's for you the guys all. Good. Yeah, I think no, it's, it's, it's for the actively it, it, deleterious. It's for the it's it's for the elders. It's for your parents for this situation anyway. My par- I think that it's my parents' responsibility for my parents uh, to plan for their cap- retirement. That is a capitalist view, a and I bit. agree with it. I think it's their responsibility I mean, for for the most part. Our parents have. I think they, for the most part, they've done that for themselves. Mine haven't. Mine, <laughs> <laughs> mine not so much. They're doing a great job now, but it's because their kids are out of the house that they can now yeah. afford to <laughs> save up for that But shit. because there was this bubble, this balloon in population that, you know, I mean, they did for the most part look after themselves. They didn't have a population above them to inherit mm-hmm. much. Yeah. They, by the sweat of their brow, for the most part, you know, yeah. made a real world for themselves, but they yeah. didn't have enough kids to take care they didn't have enough kids to take care of when they're not able to work yeah and that's putting us in a position of you're gonna work till the day you die old man you know necessarily (laughs) that and like i don't i i would push back on the idea that my opinion of old people needing to fend for themselves i don't think it's a capitalist capitalist idea idea. i think it's a liberalist idea it is libertarian libertarian sorry idea (laughs) but not inherently capitalist i would excuse me I'm okay with the idea of assisting the elderly, but only in the same way that I think that I, I would like everyone to be assisted. You, you you like the universal income. I like the idea of it. It hasn't really been properly tested yet. I want yeah. it to be tested. COVID was the first test. No, they did I, COVID I don't, was a poor I don't test. think that qualifies we as had a real test back. of universal well, that, income. There, like, there is a small population of people who are refusing to go back to work because they make more money off the government than they did working. And, see, and, I, and that's and that's not going to last. Like it's no, it won't it's, last. It's not a but real. But as long as the government keeps subsidizing it, it will. Yeah, it may, but it's not a real test of universal income because it's not universal. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like it's it's a small part of our population that got basically a handout in order to handle. Uh, an extraordinary time that we went went through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, that's a very different thing than to try universal income at a time when there's not a crisis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Ugh. that would be a much more accurate, <laughs> that'd be a much more accurate. There's, there's no safety net. Yeah. I, it would be a freaking risk, man. No, like, because I'm, if, I'm if, not saying let's say it would work out. Hypothetically, you do the whole universal income for a little while and it's like, this is working out grace. And then we get hit by another pandemic and it's like, shit, the, this is bad. We don't have enough money to offset the yeah. money being lost. I, oh, now we have no I, safety net because no one's been making taxes for the last 30 years. Or, I just want to clarify. I don't think universal basic income will work. I just... I am just agreeing it hasn't been properly so I, tested. It's, it's, I, I think that your idea of no like an, another- No true Scotsman fallacy is a problem. I, I think that your idea of if another pandemic rolls around during UBI, that it would just cater UBI. I think it would cater anything. It would cater an economy yes. regardless but of the no, economy. But no, no. A, a capitalist economy has a better chance of surviving than a UBI. I mean, at the cost think, of people. I agree with yeah. that. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Thank you. <laughs> I, think, I think it'll. I think it'll only function better because it will forcibly necessitate getting back to work sooner, regardless of whether it's dangerous or not. And I don't think that's necessarily a morally good thing. It is an economically good thing for sure. Yeah, but I don't think people would be able to do like they wouldn't be emotionally, physically prepared. They'd be too paralyzed in their fear especially you know what I'm I, I'm almost welcoming that like I, I would really really like 
for there to be less competition for me. <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry. You have more work than you know what to do with most of the time. I know, but I need to get you paid better for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree with that. I've like, been telling you I, for years to put your price up higher. <laughs> and we are, but only to a degree, right? Yeah. I, I, want, I want my services to basically like almost necessitate a blowjob like, in order to get me on site. Like you're going above and beyond. <laughs> you want this level of work? Pay for it. Yeah. It's like there, there is a, right. Oh. And, and so the, you the thought more... Joey smoking crack on your roof. Do you want your roof done or not? Right? <laughs> exactly. So the more people don't want to go to work, almost the better for me, especially mm. if they have disposable income that they don't know what to do with. <laughs> That, uh, that would be great. Because, yeah, because I want to be the guy that comes out of uh, the next crisis pandemic as mm-hmm. like like a, a warlord, okay. <laughs> like <laughs> master of men. Did you see the South Park episode where the handyman and all that were the, um, they were the billionaires and millionaires because everyone had college jobs. So they didn't actually know how to fix anything. So the handyman became like the Elon Musk mm. and the uh, Zuckerberg and they were like racing to space. <laughs> It's a cool concept. It might have been the new movie, The Pandaverse. Yeah, I think that's the new movie. Yeah. Or, or the new, like, special or something like that. It was so remember. good. It was flipping great. I got to check it out. I go through, like, spurts where I'll, like, binge watch a bunch of South Park and then mm. leave it alone for, like, four years. <laughs> it's weird. I haven't touched much TV lately because I, I have, like, a handful of shows that I can't wait to watch and then I'll wait for their season to come out. I'll binge watch it and then I just don't watch TV again for another six months. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm waiting for season four of The Boys. Just ready. No, everyone just is rip roaring and ready to go uh, with that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I, it's gonna come, and I'm gonna lose like a whole weekend <laughs> yep. to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I got pretty sick here a few weeks ago. That's why we couldn't do our mm. last last one. Uh, we had a sickness go through home. But on the bright side, I got to binge watch Yellowstone. Like, there you go. I went from I went from never watching it to basically watching the whole thing <laughs> while I was sick. I was like, but that's it. It's like now I don't Did watch, you watch TV it? for do you, a few do months. You watch it? You got to watch some of the prequels. See, I haven't. I, I've seen snippets of Yellowstone. I haven't watched it. I'm a little worried that it first three I, seasons are slow. It's that's okay. Uh, you know it, what? I or two seasons. I don't remember. See, I'm I'm worried that I'm going to get sucked in. Oh, you will. Like Sons of Anarchy. You're going to start wearing I didn't a cowboy hat until after SOA was done, You're and then I watched it. And, I got and you got totally sucked right in. Oh, yeah, I watched the whole thing yeah, in like two it's, weeks. It's basically <laughs> Sons of Anarchy for cowboys. Yeah. Okay, I'll probably like it. That's, then. Yeah, that's that's basically what it is. I will say though, like. Just judging from a position of like just like watching it as a show, I think it's better than Sons of Anarchy. It's possible. Be- SOA had a lot of problems. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it has the same pitfalls of Sons of Anarchy, but it presented the culture that it was like mm. the world building that it wanted to build. It did a better job at presenting the good parts of its subculture oh, than Sons of Anarchy did. That's yeah. good. Like it made, it made rodeo look fucking amazing like it yeah. made it made the radio idea... it, ro- rodeo is fucking amazing yeah I, I wish i had more time to spend at those things because i'm mm-hmm. like oh they're cool yeah <laughs> it, it made you know nature seem like you know like you know riding your your horse on the, you know through through a ranch mm. seem like the best thing in the world it made um the bunkhouse the brotherhood yeah. that you find there seem freaking awesome it the it, camaraderie it, it spent, of us yeah. versus the world it, right, it spent more time on the things of value within the subculture than Sons of Anarchy did. Because mm-hmm. Sons of Anarchy kind of like it... They jumped it, whole it sort hog of, into the criminal aspect. It was one of, of those without... things where like Sons of Anarchy broke the rule of show, don't tell. 
And so it constantly told you about the brotherhood. It constantly told you about the amazingness of riding motorcycles, but it never showed it. Yeah. It only did like a handful of, of, on the show, right? Set pieces, right? Like it never showed the joy of going on a road trip with your brother, riding bar to bar and like having a breakdown or like meeting neat people. Hanging out beside a fire and just chilling. Yeah. It, it never showed anything like that. It never showed the cool parts of a poker run or, you know, like big burly guys, like, you know, having a great time with a bunch of kids around the clubhouse or Mm. doing like charity stuff. Everything about it was serving the gangster, the gangster overtones. Mm. Yeah. Everything about it. So you got to see bikes, you got to see them talking about it, but all you see in action is the horror. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. You know, and, and Yellowstone did a better job of balancing the two. Gotcha. Yeah. So Yellowstone, it's a good show. And the prequels to it are pretty good too. Hmm. Uh, there's two different There's Harrison series. Ford in it, doesn't it? In uh, the second, the, the eight, uh, 19... The 1896 or whatever it is? No, I, there's 1896 and there's 1923. Oh, they're good too. All right, I have to check it out. Uh, there's 18, 18, 1873 or something like that hmm. and uh, 1923 or something. Hmm. Anyways, and it has to do with uh, post, one of the guys like post-World War One, hmm. And he's hmm. like, I'm going to stick around Africa and shoot things. And it's quite, I don't want to ruin anything. Okay. <laughs> but it's quite good. Uh, I watched both of them and it really, yeah. How they chose Montana was, was a pretty good one in the earlier. So anyways. So I really, I really want to back up. I, I know this is kind of necroing okay. an old That's topic. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just rewind the tape a little bit to get back to having children and not having children. Cause this is actually something that's been on, on my brain a lot lately mm-hmm. as I, as I creep into my thirties further and further as a single man looking into the, the dating world in my thirties. Terrifying. Oh, definitely terrifying <laughs> in its own way. Cause like there is a not small chance that anyone that I would date in my age demographic, there's a good chance they have kids. Mm-hmm. Like that is just a fact of life. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. I'm not opposed to the idea of dating anyone with kids. I am very deeply opposed to the idea of ever having kids of my own. Not in the sense that I like never want to have like never want to raise anyone. I'm not afraid of the idea of raising kids. Mm-hmm. It's the biological aspect. Like I don't have any desire to propagate my genes. Oh, if, oh for, I see. Are you, sure, so, are you sure it's not a kid? So you're like evolutionary you're... broken, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, I just <laughs> what I, happened? To... <laughs> I value the ideas that I pass on more than the genetic code that I pass on. What, what if your ideas are are transmitted through your code? Oh, then like, they're gonna die. That they're <laughs> they're not they gonna... dead in the water. Yeah, okay, maybe. but are, are are you trying to fight an evolutionary urge then? No. To pro like you don't feel like there's part I... of you like even the smallest part that you keep censoring that's like fucking put, share me with the world. I mean, there is definitely a little, like a little, little lizard man in the back of my brain, like a little, okay. little tribal will that wants to propagate. But I yeah. don't find that hard to ignore because I, there's a little piece of me. Now I want to be super clear. I am not an antinatalist <laughs> that I think that having children yeah. is bad, but I think for me personally, I don't think that having kids is a morally good choice. I think there are so many children in the world that need parents that why would I, as a potential parent. Do both. I can't afford both. And I don't Nobody want that many can. kids. Nobody fucking afford both. You can barely afford to adopt, <gasps> period, let alone affording <laughs> oh, both. Oh, I know. And they, that, that's, again, a problem with the government. That's oh, bureaucratic that's one, bullshit. that's one we can definitely agree on. That is, <sighs> I mean, I understand why they do it. Still frustrating. Still frustrating. But yeah, like why, why would I birth more children when there are children who need parents out there? I would rather be a parent to a child who doesn't have one as opposed to just bringing another kid into the system. Yeah. 
I don't know. I think the dynamic of the the evolutionary urge to take care of, and like I'm not saying you can't take care of somebody else's kids, but you won't have the same emotional connection as you would to your own. And that's why I think it is a moral good to have kids because it actually makes you want to be a better person for the most part. There are shitty people out there who do shitty things, not standing by them. So, but for the most part, it, it makes you a be- want to be a better person. There, while part of me wants to agree with you, part of me also thinks that like, if I need to have a biological connection with them to fully codify a, a, yeah. a, a, like a a deep and meaningful relationship. Yeah. I feel like that's a failing on my part. Yeah. You're always failing. Just do it. <laughs> I mean, I'm always going to fail. That's a fact of life, but like, yeah. we're all broken. I, I actively want to like push back against that and be like, that makes me want to have my own children even less. If I have to have a biological connection to fully love the kid, then I'm broken. Yeah. I must not be are. loving them wrong. Or I must not be loving. We're all broken. I mean, like, I don't, that's I, what I, makes I don't, us whole. I don't know. Like, I have, I, I, I have a hard time saying that, a guy won't have an emotional connection to a kid that isn't his more than like, I, I don't know because I've never tried it. Like, no, no, know, I agree. I've, I agree. I've never, I've never uh, adopted a kid before. Um, but I do know people that have and from all outward appearances, it looks like they love those children with every bit of their being. It's, it's different in nature maybe, but in in practice and an emotional connection, something like that seems like it's there. Well, oh yeah, and it's, and it's a weird but thing. The, but like, that's the person. But the idea that like when it's a biological kid that there's like this 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 like not mystical but like this deeper connection that's harder to quantify and non replicatable. It's an what, evolutionary imprint, I, but it doesn't apply to everyone. That's the problem. Is like yeah. you have parents who have kids, and all of a sudden that's not there. Those are and shit then, people. <laughs> Well, but they don't have, but they don't have control over it. Yeah. Like if I were to have a kid, like a biological kid and that attachment's not there, I'm going to spend the next God knows how long wondering what the hell is wrong with me that I don't feel that. Mm -hmm. I don't think that assuming that that connection is there or is inherently good or evil. I I think that that connection is a wonderful thing. Glad for the people who get it, but I'm never going to bank on it. I'm Mm -hmm. never going to. Well, the same, same thing can be said for a guy who. If you can't have that emotional connection with your own kid, how are you supposed to have it with somebody who's not even your, like, not directly yours? Well, I can make a connection. I'm just saying that, like, if there isn't that involuntary connection. Okay. I can voluntarily make a connection with anyone. Yeah. I mean, assuming I actually like the person. Yeah. Um, But I'm never going to hope that an involuntary connection is going to, I'm not going to roll those dice. Not with the life of a kid. I could never do that. Yeah. Well, it's always a roll of the dice. Man. <laughs> I mean, it is. Yeah, it's, I was like, how is it not a roll? No, it's it's a roll. Yeah. We don't know because they're going to make their choices. I don't know. Is, like, is rolling the dice, but like that's one that I I can't I can't yeah. just I can't bring myself to to. And so you're going to let somebody who's less educated, less enlightened. I'm going to call you an enlightened individual. Oh, thanks. Do what you should. Like I mean, there are people who are not doing it well, and you're. It's like, are you taking a good dad out of the game? <laughs> are you taking oh, a good dad? I mean, the bad dads are going to do it regardless. Oh, are you ready for spicy, Will's spicy political take of the night? Sure. I don't think that being a parent should be a, a given right. I think that it has to be earned. I just... Oh. Uh, in the same sense that like a driver's license, everyone has the option to get a driver's license and drive. Everyone has that right. Well, I don't think people should be allowed... Everyone should have alcohol. 
I would agree with that. <laughs> or firearms. Like, I think that all of those things are rights that everyone can have access to if you meet some basic yeah. requirements. See, I think like, the raising kids. Like, that's one of those things where it gets tricky. No, like, no, 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 no. Just sorry. No, sorry. Didn't call, mean to jump in on you. Calling it a calling it or not calling it a right is, I mean, it sounds it sounds cool, but it's it's fucking stupid because it's useless because kids happen when you have sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's and... one. It, it's it's just one of these things that is a it's. It's biological fruit of our actions. It's not mm-hmm. a right. It's something that happens mm-hmm. because of your actions. Now, it's a consequence, could, not a right. If we could, if we could control for less educated or people that mm-hmm. shouldn't have kids, we have to build a criteria. We have mm-hmm. to build a a foundation for this. Mm-hmm. So, who do you think? would land in that camp of people who shouldn't be allowed to have kids. Because the people who, if we're going to put it systemic and we're not going to try and lean it left or right, and we're going to just try base it on intelligence and education. It doesn't even necessarily to be education, but definitely a certain level of... Emotional, okay, emotional, emotional intelligence. Mature intelligence. Emotional intelligence, yeah. I think would Not be really everyone who has emotional in, or intelligence to convey emotional intelligence who would be great dads are being taken out of the system, out of the game. Like, I know that there are some bad people out there who shouldn't have kids, but telling someone they don't have the right, well, we're going to start making tests. We're going to start looking at their intelligence because you can't convey emotional intelligence without intelligence. And people are going to be taken out of the game and losing on great possible kids. Some of the greatest people in humanity, greatest writers, Charles Dickens, since we're going into the season, of... These people who came from absolute poverty, who, mm-hmm. if given that option, shouldn't have been allowed to have it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, I that line of thinking so applies to, like, everyone who ever has anything happen to them that means they can't have kids. The what-if-ism of what, what oh, yeah, their kids could have we're done. Not, we're not talking yeah. about, the, like, uh, happenstance. We're talking about implementation, over mm-hmm. overhead implementation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's far too dangerous. Like, I understand the premise of, yeah, stupid people, but... It's not just stupid people. It's like... I, I know. I know. You know what I meant when yeah, I said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like people who don't value children or are incapable of knowing how to take care of them. Like, I want yeah, people... Yeah, but some of the greatest people in the world have but come th- from just, just that. Just a second. It's the idea not just of, like, you have to earn having a kid, but it's also the idea of preparing everyone to have a kid. So the purpose of... Like, the purpose of of doing a course to get your driver's license isn't just like you have to prove that you're going to be okay at this because no new driver is good at driving. No. None of them. Mm -hmm. But what it's doing is it's giving them a baseline set of tools for how to drive better. Mm -hmm. And so the idea behind making people take like a course or hit certain qualifications or having children isn't just to be like, you're too stupid to have kids, you can't have kids, but rather to educate them how to raise a kid. Just, Just the most basic principles of like, Feeding them, clothing them, how to make sure that they're developing properly and on time. Like, and, and time even then, that's a very broad spectrum. But just those basic tools that I, I've, I have come into contact with people who genuinely have oh, yeah. no fucking clue what they're doing <laughs> with parenting. Yep. In the broadest scope, they have no clue what they're doing. And I yep. just want to, I want to have a guaranteed baseline because then also that gives people looking at them from the outside the ability to look at how you're raising a kid and be like, if, if you're fucking it up that badly, you know better. Yeah. 
you you absolutely because like right now I can I can look at people who are terrible parents and part of me is like maybe they were raised by terrible parents maybe yeah. they have no clue what even remotely good parenting looks like. So it's hard to actually pass any kind of judgment. Not yeah. that like mm-hmm. I'm looking to pass judgment on people. Yeah, but. it's it's one of those things where it, it's it strays into the realm of impossibility to separate, oh, yeah. to separate the wheat from the chaff. Yeah. It's, it's so, I mean, it becomes an interesting thought experiment, but That's I just, basically I just what it is. don't ever see the idea of enforced population control from the natalism side of it becoming a real thing because... It's, uh, it's just one of those things where it's like, there's just a part of us that wants it. Like even, even the, the, even like the Chinese kind of enforcement, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it wasn't a hundred percent effective. No. It didn't take away the people's desire and drive. Mm-hmm. It didn't take away the unintended consequences of people like, you know, mm-hmm. becoming, you know, you know, failing to their, to their base or passions. Like it is, it is very much a. I, excuse me, I very much agree or or think that like ideas like anti or limited natalism aren't things that you could ever do by, or or do well via litigation or, or by law. It would be more social, more education based. So you would, you'd basically have to, you know, I guess like education, you'd have to indoctrinate people to the point of, of not wanting children or, or finding rational reasons why not to. Yeah. Or you would have to properly incentivize people not to. Yes. Yeah. But even that, like, it just, I, I don't think so it's. So muddy. I, yeah, it's so muddy. I don't so think muddy. it's, I don't think it's going <laughs> to overcome. I don't think it's going to overcome the je ne sais quoi that makes us really like <laughs> sex and really like having our own kids. Oh. Spice, attached spice steak. This is, I want to be super clear. This is more of a joke thought experiment than something that I actually think is a good idea. Mandatory vasectomies across the board. And then you get them reversed (laughs) later in life when you, when you get the, when you get the, this is your parent license, then you get the vasectomy reversed. Can you you imagine (laughs) like too many fuck boys? You want to give fuck boys like a a pass? I don't give a shit about the fuck boys. I care about the women who they're knocking up. No, I, I care, care about the about STDs the they're spreading to those women because now there's no consequence. Ah, I'm yeah. sorry. I, uh, children are not a consequence. <laughs> no, children no, should never be a no, consequence. The, God, that is... Well, I mean, you're, How but are you're, they you're, not? You're, you're using the term as it is a dirty thing. Like, consequence doesn't have to mean pejorative. I, or I just, be, you, be pejorative, right? I, I want... It, it is one thing for a guy to knock up or, or to give a girl an STD. Like, that's something that, I mean... Hopefully she has a say in that matter. If she doesn't, then it's kind of uh, extra bad. And if if that's the case, I definitely don't want a kid coming forth. Thank you, coming forth from that. Um, yeah. No, I think there's too much danger in that one. <laughs> but it's. I mean, that's one know, of those it's, one, like, I, it's one of those things where like you can make a make it, say we were to make a decision like you know like. Again, we're in the realm of thought, thought yeah. process, right? You just gave a vasectomy to all mankind. Yeah, like, you know, we're, you know, instead of getting a brisk, now you get a vasectomy, you know, and we, <laughs> you're reversed later if you, if you, if you pass a test. Yeah. But it's, uh, what would the unintended consequences of a decision oh, like I mean, that be? Like, so like, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, there, there could be like, like what Mike is talking about, like there could be all of a sudden a huge increase in, in STDs because of, I, you know, no, just that, a 
just, just wanting so. just just wanting to have sex more. We're, we're seeing young people have less and less sex, and definitely because, less unsafe sex now than ever before. Because, oh, rape would go up crazy too. I don't. Rape might go up a little bit, but unwanted pregnancies, uh, uh, yes, abor- they... the need the need for abortion centers, the need for abortion centers, effectively almost completely negated. I done. think the emotional, physical trauma and, and that would be done to humanity on that would be far beyond the, our, our risk of yeah, overpopulation. Like that that could be even more so than the more so than the physical ramifications of yeah. of like oh, rape, rest, less... and stuff like that. Like there could See, be there could I... be a knock on effect that really breaks the psyche of humanity. I really mm-hmm. don't think there's that many rapists out there thinking to themselves, ah, I was no, going to rape her, but she might get pregnant. Exactly. But then the pregnancy's gone. Yeah, and like, no, oh, the evi- no, no they, they don't totally. see it as a pregnancy. That's, they see it as evidence. No, that, that's what I, that's what I mean. Like, like we just may not see that increase at all, mm. but you know, that's the sneaky thing of unintended consequences is this not always the thing that you can predict. And it's not always the thing that you can manage. Mm-hmm. Like that may, that may turn humanity in in a way that we just don't understand. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, that could be all of a sudden like, all right, well, let's go full on transhuman. Like, you know, it could be. Oh, yeah. It could be the breaking of humanity mm-hmm. itself into that's, something else. I, I don't that's like transhumanism. Why I, that's why I preface it all with like, a, this is not like, a, like an oh, yeah. actual serious <laughs> thought. It's a cool thought experiment, but not and a we, serious we thought. Ran, I think it ran its course. <laughs> yeah, more or less. Yeah. It's just... It, it just another 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 little snippet of the whole like me yeah. feeling uncomfy with, but you know what like that's it's fucking okay like mm-hmm. you know like even even imagine being told you're not allowed to have a conversation you're not allowed to follow a path and be like yeah. don't think like that oh god well no I mean like even like your your lack of desire to have children mm-hmm. like you know fuck me if I was to say like. You know, like that's, that's an evil thing for you to think like, like it's like, and even from, even from a, a a religious point of view, Mm -hmm. there is, you know, there's a tradition and there's a value for people that take themselves out of the propagation pool, Mm -hmm. right? Like there is a whole monastic tradition and things like that of people who are stepping away from that or Mm -hmm. don't have a desire for that. And use use that freedom for another good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, so, I mean, that's one of the things. Like, when you say that, I mean, like, I, I got nothing for you to mm-hmm. argue against you. If that's how you're feeling, that's how you're feeling. As a, as a small little side note on that. You, you, I'm sure you've heard, like, the thing, like, I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> it is less frustrating. People are like, that's bad. Like, that you don't want to be a parent, that's inherently incorrect. <clears throat> Way more annoying than that is people who are like, oh, you'll get there. You will eventually. I'm like, that might have, like, that kind that, of line of reasoning. No, yeah, Maybe. that line of reasoning would work when I was a teenager being like, oh, you don't like, you know, girls or you don't want to go on dates. That'll pass. Not even getting well, into people who at, are asexual. Look at people who don't like, like whiskey. You know, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> you'll get yeah. there. You see, like, I don't, I don't know about that. Like, I didn't, like, I had a kid late. Mm-hmm. You know, especially for my wife. My wife is like three years older yet than yeah. than me. It's like it was more significant for her. Like we didn't we didn't want children mm. until we did, <laughs> and that didn't come until like our late twenties. Yeah, and well, this is the thing. Like I, mm. and since then we haven't had the burning desire to have mm-hmm. more. Yeah, 
it's more that the it's more the insinuation that somebody knows me better than I know me. That's the part that gets under my skin. I'm okay with people being like, "You're wrong," because I can be like, "Nah, maybe, or, or, or maybe, or however I want to react." <laughs> but to what, it. what if what if they're saying it just sort of like almost agnosticism and be like, "You might." That that would be the thing. like maybe you'll change your mind someday. I'm like maybe I will, but then they're like, "You'll change your mind someday." It's the assertion of that idea. That's the part that gets under my mm. skin. Uh, what do they call that? Um, oh, <sighs> There's a phrase for it. It's something a- to do asymmetric with. insight. Well, that's the, uh, the assumption that you understand somebody else better than they do. But the, the kickback that's a, that's effect. I'm exactly. talking about the, the kickback effect of being told. Yeah. It's like, oh, you'll, or I, I, not reverse psychology, but the whole. Just about. Just almost. about. <laughs> like, like the, yeah. They're like, you change your mind. Telling like, me. Fucking watch me not. Like, fun, somebody telling me how I shouldn't read a book because it's above yes. their head. I'm like, fuck you. And then feeling like, oh, you got reverse psychology. Just like, no, I was going to read it anyways. And they told me I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And it's the, the opposite of that where somebody's mm-hmm. like, oh, I, you will. Like, you'll get there. And it's like, yeah. now I want to go the opposite direction yeah. of what you just said. And, and to be super clear, I actually do really want to nurture and raise. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love babysitting looking after friends and family's kids. I, I love doing that because I get to see little snippets of these kids growing up and participate in it in a small way. Mm-hmm. And I get to like take some pressure off their parents' backs, which always makes me feel good. But like, I just don't have the urge to have my own. That's the part I feel weird about. So you wait till you, know, you get to ra- the point where they turn into like, they start looking like a shake weight and you just go, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I mean, yeah, babysitting I mean, is one thing, shake weights That's another. Thing. I dodge <laughs> the whole infant phase yeah. by looking after toddlers. I can deal with toddlers. At least I can, like, on some degree communicate with a toddler. But the idea of having, like, a fleshy, wrinkly potato that I have to take care of for, like, two years before it starts to communicate. Oh. I, I will no say, though, you. like, if your heart is in the right place, like, that uh, oh. the frustration of being a parent to an infant mm. is uh, is very good for personal development. I've heard that. <laughs> with, with, now, when I, when I said being a parent just makes you a better person, like it makes you want to be better, mm-hmm. let's, let's not be diluted or naive in this. It is the single fucking hardest thing in the world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it makes you so happy, so sad, so angry, so joyous. And that's like the morning, and then <laughs> like that. Yeah, we should we should also make uh, reference to the fact that I am terrified of the amount of work that raising so a child is. It is. I I'm not sure that I am cut out for it. I was it's, watching. It's easy. You just pass it all off on your on your home slave. I mean, wife, oh, yeah, I yeah, mean. yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. you just blame your upbringing, and be like, I my dad didn't yeah, hug so, me enough. So all I got to do is find a trad wife, and then pawn go. off most of the child rearing <laughs> to her. See, it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you making this so complicated? You're making it so hard. I just, oh my, see, we don't only hit dead ends here on the show when I'm here. We also reach some deep truths. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Parenting's hard. I like Jim Gaffigan's. He's like, hurts now. I like Jim Gaffigan's because it's like, how 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 can you have three kids? It's like, how do you manage it? It's like, well, imagine you're swimming, and then somebody throws you a baby. <laughs> that that's that's about it. Times three. Times three. Mm. That's always the thing. Like, I, I, I 
recently, like the couple of times I've babysat for, for, for a couple that I know, they're like, how, how do you, like, how do you do it? Like, how do you keep up energy and play with the kids and have fun with them for, you know, the four hours or whatever that you watch them? I was like, cause I only have to watch them for four hours. Mm-hmm. Then I give them back to you and I go home and sleep. <laughs> that's yeah. how I can do that's that's the, the idea uncle. of it, that's the uncle. A whole other thing the idea of 24 7 on call for a minimum of like 18 years well that's why every kid <sighs> you be, ever got that everyone being fun uncle? being fun uncle is not a bad gig fun uncle's a great the gig uncle is the best gig because you're like oh I don't have to handle the whole responsibility my brother-in-law before he had kids he was trying to teach my kid how to say asshole mm-hmm. you know I don't remember what movie it was but the guy's like asshole and try to teach the kid how to say asshole so Mike, my, my brother-in-law did that to me mm-hmm. and then he had kids and I went to go asshole and then his wife from like across the room is, nope, don't, don't <laughs> you do it. I'm like, he did it. Why, why are you taking this from me? I don't even, I think the worst habit I ever taught one of them was like, I can't remember what it was. It was, it was how to make some sort of rude gesture, but like, I, I don't even get into that. I just like. I can play with them until they tucker me out and then give them back to their parents. Be like, cool. I'm out. My shift's done. Uh, my kid's picking up all my bad habits. Honestly, <laughs> I'm not trying to teach him the stuff. I'm just me. And he's like, daddy, what does that word mean? Monkey see, <laughs> monkey <bee. laughs> you, Where'd you learn that one? You and dad, you and Papa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, oh, that would be his grandfather. My we, dad. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. Uh, yeah. We were talking about this young guy at church and somebody's, I don't know, I say things in front of him just to, you know, so he's exposed to it a little bit because mm. I feel like this kid is a little underexposed. Mm. And so I tried, you know, just just little bits here and yeah. there. And somebody's like, he's so innocent and nice and like he's so pure. I'm like, yeah. I, That's the problem. I want to destroy it. <laughs> just, there's this desire in me to be like, no, you're a little too clean. And when mud hits you, it's going to hit hard. So let's just do a little bit here and there. Yeah, throw a little, so kick a little ex- dust up. So you're yeah. Ready. yeah. <sighs> it's that not is... out of, I just want him to be dirty and rotten like me. Mm. I, I, I want him to, you know, have a it's, little bit It's of like that. inoculating him against the, the yes. inevitable crap that life's going <laughs> to throw at him. Yeah. It's like, you just said a swear word in front of him. Like, yeah, that was a tame one. He's going to hear lots of those. Just wait. <laughs> I had a guy come up to me. He's like, hey, uh, what's the name of your podcast? A nice Christian guy. I'm like, oh, the one you can listen to? Amateur Christian. It's great. It's really, she's like, <laughs> he's like, no, I want the real one. And I'm like, you don't want the real one. You're not ready for the real one. And he's like, yeah, I am. I'm like, yeah, you, you, th- you say that now. Sh- I'm going <laughs> to show up to Bible study and he's going to be like, what the fuck is wrong? Like, you call yourself a Christian? You're a leader in this truck. You need to be a better example. Like, I'm <laughs> expecting all four. Uh, okay. <laughs> Okay, super silly, stupid tangent. But this week I I possibly heard from an old gaffer, I heard the best response. People who are like, why would you say that? Or they don't get a joke that you tell or anything like that, where they're just like not really comprehending what you're throwing out at them. Mm -hmm. My favorite response, and I've been using this to the point of like, it's annoying my coworkers now. (laughs) I'm telling six foot jokes and y'all are 5'10". And it's like, oh, every, time so, every time I say something that someone doesn't quite get or isn't, isn't oh. grasping, I'm telling you, I'm giving you six foot tall instructions and you're 5'10". And it is, ah, oh, it's my favorite thing. That's. I'm, gonna, mm. I'm, I'm stealing it. Do it. Do it. It's my, oh, that, I love it so just, much. You just proclaimed it to the world. and Take what, it and run. And just go give, forth give, and prosper. Give credit to Vanilla Will. Be like, my boy Vanilla <laughs> Will said this. Uh, yeah. And they'll think they're talking about a different six foot guy. They're, it's it's win-win. <laughs> Telling six foot tall jokes, y'all motherfuckers uh, are five ten. 
I realized I did that in high school. I used to do that. I made I was a fucking nerd, and uh, I made a math joke for some reason. And I said it to a girl thinking that she'd catch it because I have everyone's sense of humor. It's, it's no, a I'm a nerd. And she's like, um, I don't understand that. I'm like, I'm a nerd. Like up until that point, I had no idea. I just mm-hmm. thought I was a regular kid. And it's like, no, no. Yep. And that's where it started. <laughs> <laughs> it's all down over there. Uh. So. No conclusion. No conclusion. But we have we ever had a like a conclusion? Yeah, you agreed. Like communism and ca- like I don't know. We we did we did together. solve the issue of being a bad dad. Oh, or, that's right. Or having that's having to work too hard as a dad. We solved right. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Trad trad wife. <laughs> yeah, trad wife is the answer to. You could to import. All ah, you know what? You could. You I could, like imports, you... but it's hard to find spare parts here if they break down. So. <laughs> I prefer, <laughs> I'm more of a domestic guy myself, thanks. You know, there's you can there, order from Thailand. You don't even know what you're going to get. There, there's going to be, you know, a, con- a conceivable transhuman future where that's going to be an actual conversation <laughs> people have. It's like, I don't know where to get the you know spare what? parts. Like, I, you know, what made her her is obsolete. If, like, I don't know. If we get there, I hope I'm dead by then and my... <sighs> possible kids can deal with it when it comes around. What, you don't trust Elon Musk to put a chip in your brain? No, I don't. I I barely expect him to make it another 10 years before bankruptcy. We got Centauri? Or or if she likes Lafoy. Yes, Mike's Mike's amazing trad wife is here to have some whiskey (laughs) with us. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I got them on this train. You're boring my headphones. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) If you ask my roommate, I make a lovely trad wife. Thank you very much. Lovely what? Uh, traditional wife. Traditional oh, trad wife. Trad wife. Trad wife. Okay. Yeah. I can have some of this? Yeah. <laughs> I figured, what good is a podcast in our basement if I can't have a drink every once in a while? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, you can just drink the boss straight from the bottle if you want to. <laughs> you. She did a triple pour last time. Trad Ooh. wife. Like she, she's like, no, that was that was. It's the end of the bottle. There was enough for three. It I was knew the it. End Devin. Of the Devin now didn't I care. Myself like two sips. <laughs> Okay. And yeah, she poured that bottle and she got... Uh, it's uh, worth pouring. It's, it, that's good it's stuff. It's so good. And the right. thing is, she has expensive taste. Like, she does. I'm like, oh, do you want this one? Or this one? Or this one? She's like, no, I want the Lafoig. I want the good stuff. And I'm like, can't afford you. I don't you. say it like that. <laughs> you have and to say it with a British accent, otherwise it doesn't sound hoity-toity enough. I want, <laughs> I want the good stuff. Freud me the Lafroy. Good but chap. It's Lafroy. <laughs> I don't want that. I want the good stuff. Give me the Lafroy. There you go. Mm. Well said. Anyways, we're kind of on the tail end of this. Yeah, so. let's uh, let's wrap it up and then <laughs> drink with your wife. Out. I figured you were. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Well, this has been the Blue Collar Philosophers Podcast. Um, you know, a, lo- a lot of discussion, but we did solve one thing, and I'm I'm happy with that. I think it's <laughs> we can just. Call her good. Call her good. Go drink with you. Go drink with Amanda. Yep. Cheers to that. Thanks, Will, for coming on. Cheers Anytime. Time. God bless. <laughs>